Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the only healthcare marketing podcast that digs into the digital strategies and tactics that help you accelerate growth. Each week, Cardinals experts explore innovative ways to build your digital presence and attract more patients. Buckle up for another episode of Ignite. Man, today's going to be fun. You know, we often talk about net new patient acquisition. And you know what we don't talk enough about is patient reactivation. It's a lot cheaper to get that patient coming back in than to find a net news. And I'm obsessed with net new patient activation is more of what Cardinal does. But let's talk reactivation because today in this recessionary year, if you listen in 2023, I imagine we are still in this downturn. Budgets are getting scrimped. And we have to get more out of our marketing dollars. Reactivating your existing database makes a heck of a lot of sense this year. Lauren Leone, indomitable, indispensable, undefeatable. Welcome to Ignite. I'm sitting on this side of the table this time. Yeah, she gets to just answer the questions. And we're tired because we're running around consulting with all kinds of groups. This is a fun year. Finally, we're back in vogue. You know, it's easy to... Uh, just continue to grow, grow, grow when the economy is killing. And it's like, we just need to find more clinicians. And now it's back to reality. And how do we make more out of marketing? I personally love this year. I know a lot of people don't, but this makes for better organizations, better care, because we get back to making sure patients have access. Anyways, let's get to it. When you think about reactivation, what comes to mind more? And how does it best get done? How do we get patients back in? Yeah, we get asked often, if digital can support this, digital advertising. And while the short answer is yes, the long answer is that is not the most efficient use of those dollars. And there are other channels and ways to do this. So often what, what I'm asking is, you know, what does your tech stack look like? What kind of, you know, two-way communication, reminder, text, email programs do you have set up? Those are the easy wins, right? Those are the you know, I need to see a dentist every six months and I should be proactively reaching out to patients to remind them that it's time to schedule again. You know, I took my kids to the pediatrician. They go every three months up until two years of life. And I'm being reminded via text that it's time to book my next X number of appointments okay. uh, so that I don't end up in a situation where I'm seeking a, an appointment, there's nothing available, and maybe I go and, and pick a different provider. So those are the easy wins. You know, there are higher consideration healthcare scenarios where it's not as easy as that. It's not a, you're meant to come in every six months, so let's just remind you, and that's how we keep you active. That is the, you know, the scenario, Alex, you use this one a lot, which is you go in for an MRI on a, you know, an ACL, and no one from that practice is kind of checking in with you to say, we have your results. Let's bring you in to review them. Let's get you on the surgery schedule. You know, that you're just kind of letting you atrophy as a as a prospect because there's no proactive communication. So there's a lot of ways, email, text in particular, when you have known contact information that you can reach those and reactivate those patients. So you can do an email or text. Why aren't groups doing this? Even in the higher acuity, you can still, like we talked about the appointment drop-off. I did get my ACL. I got the MRI and then no one from this hospital system in Georgia um, hit me up after to get me scheduled, which was crazy as actually. And then, so I went to a different system. That's nuts. But even after you get your ACL repaired, you don't need an orthopedic surgeon. So how do you stay in contact or what's the point to stay in contact on the higher acuity service lines like that? 
Yeah. I mean, if you're part of a larger system, which oftentimes they are, or there's, you know, ancillary, even like referral situations, right? Just to, to stay top of mind with those individuals. So if you're, if you're a practice or a provider that's part of a larger system, undoubtedly that system has other areas where you can service that patient. You can keep them in the know about your mammography, you know, services in October, and you can let them know about wellness clinics that you have coming up or flu shots or whatever it may be to keep them active so that what if and when they do need you again for any type of service, surgery, discovery of of an issue that they choose you and they don't go back to the internet, search a non-brand term and end up picking someone that maybe comes up above you on that given day, on that given search. Absolutely. And the patient journey is evolving to where a lot is being influenced off of Google and someone on social media and within Facebook groups and stuff like that. Something I see groups not doing, even if it's just he's getting really into cardiology and, and oncology and orthopedics, even if you're just an ortho group. And they got their ACL repaired. Athletes know other athletes. I'm not an athlete, hence hence tearing the ACL five minutes into the basketball game when my kid was watching. But once I've gotten it repaired, these people still play ball with other people that are going to tear stuff. Send a weekly long article. You don't need to be texting them because that's an appointment reminder thing, but send educational articles so you stay top of mind when their friend tears their ACL or their friend needs to go in for a mammogram, whatever it may be. Send weekly stuff. Okay, let's get back. You mentioned email and text. When is appropriate? Who? What? Which one is appropriate for when and what type of practice? You kind of alluded to it. I mean, text you know, nowadays in, in some cases, in the in the right cases, is built into kind of your patient management or EHR so that those those appointment reminders are automated. Not everyone has that. So there's additional, you know, programs like Podium, for example, that does the text for review generation, but also has two-way text ability, you know, in other ways, you know, appointment reminders. You have to get you have to set it up. You have to kind of have the, the patient information. You have to know, you know, and be synced into the EHR so that you know when they were last in, when they're due again, when their benefits, you know, are up for use. That's that's another really good one to that we should talk about. So text is, is best for that. Text is good for can you confirm your appointment? Oh, you need to reschedule, you know, text me the time that, that you're able to come and, and not letting a canceled appointment become a an you know, an attrition. Email is where it gets a little bit more complex because a lot of groups don't have CRM or, you know, email delivery systems. They don't have clean data. They don't have the ability to create audience cohorts based on last interaction or why they came to see you or what they reached out about. So where do you start? You know, I would look at first, let's just get a CRM. Let's know who our patients are, who's active, who is former, who is related to who in terms of family members and and a household scenario. So it somehow needs to integrate with the EHR so that it stays up to date with who the new patients that are coming in? Ideally. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Okay. Ideally, you know, leads can come in through a CRM and then it acts as a database of so yeah. all opportunities. Opportunities that were patients and were not patients. Let's not forget about the people that call in or or fill out a form and maybe you don't have an appointment that meets their needs that given time doesn't you know eliminate them from being a prospect so you'd want to wait and that's a good point that non-converting leads maybe they ended up going with a different provider doesn't show up that's happening a lot the person out of the front office doesn't get the insurance checked quick enough 
Stay on and keep email. Okay, so you get a CRM. Which ones do you recommend? You'll hear us say Salesforce because it's, you know, the most sophisticated. It integrates. It's got integrations already built, right? So there's some ease there. It's the higher ticket. So if you're considering something, you know, in the very early stages, you may look at like a HubSpot, which is free. It really just depends what you plan to store in it. HubSpot is not HIPAA compliant, but in theory, a CRM should not contain health information. So it shouldn't matter. Good point there. Even if the tool is not healthcare HIPAA compliant, it can still be used in HIPAA compliant ways. Okay. So don't, I love Salesforce, but it's not the only game in town. You get CRM and then what? And then you need to build, uh, you know, let's start with something simple, like a monthly outreach to keep the brand alive, right? You know, something about the brand, you can do, you know, new providers, new location announcements, just general information to the to the whole user base, right? That's the easiest thing to stand up. Getting a little bit more sophisticated looks like developing some of those audience cohorts. So maybe looking at active versus non-active patients. Um, you can look at your converted versus non-converted. So people that never came in to see you, just starting to build some of those more nuanced groups. And then you can get a little bit more sophisticated and perhaps you know, understanding geography and how that may impact it or, you know, whatever segments you may have, you can create, yeah. you know, segments. What service they came in for, general derm, let's convert them to a Botox or whatever and then start sending them. Yeah, th- those are the instances where you do want to be using a HIPAA compliant okay. um, email program. So it's just a matter of what you're selecting. What could you do a job uh, for the multi-site groups? Yeah, don't send don't send stuff on Denver if you're in Atlanta. Yeah, and if a new provider is joining the Shambly location and, and in that area, then that's relevant information to me. But if I'm in, you know, Dallas, Georgia, that that's a waste of an email. So if uh, looking at email marketing programs, I don't know anything about it. Look at our groups. What of our what of our clients using? I will be the first one to admit that is. You know, not an area that I that I'm an expert in, but you know, you see things like Emma. You know, we use Active Campaign. Like there are platforms, Mailchimp. Like there are basic platforms that don't have to be healthcare specific that you can. Yeah, use. yes, Mailchimp, good enough. We use Mailchimp. It gets the job done for your basic newsletters, your basic press releases, your yeah. basic like announcements of information. You know, it's cool to be updating on new technology that you're bringing in innovation in your practice revamping of your facilities, modernization, whatever it may be, like that's the general information that doesn't require yeah. super sophisticated delivery. Just send something every week to remind them you're there so you at least get the referrals from their friends. Like you don't have to overcomplicate. Start simple and send all your patients previous or current something educational every week. I would say weekly. Every, it's a bit much. Every week. But that, every speaks week. To who, that speaks to who you are, Alex. All right, good. What else do we need to know about reactivation? Direct mail? Does that work? Does anyone use that? So direct mail is interesting. I see it used most for healthcare decisions that are impacted by a move. And so those are usually the lower acuity things like a a dentist, a dermatologist, you know, an OB, a pediatrician. If you're moving within a a significant distance for certain, you know, dentists, if I move five miles, that may very well be the trigger for me to find a new dentist. I want it to be super convenient. And there's a million you know, if I'm talking about my OB or my pediatrician, maybe that move distance or tolerance is a little bit greater because you yeah. you, know, you have a rapport. But that is a, a use case where direct mail does tend to be quite effective. So you're looking at address changes and you're sending direct mail information, you know, an offer, a new patient, whatever it may be. Yeah. 
um, to let them know that they've just moved inside kind of the relevant area yeah. of your practice and they know that you're potentially looking. Yeah. So come on in, book an appointment. You're grazing in our field now. We shall, we shall get you. You know, I want every provider group to get really good at email because it's really good. This is not the topic for today. We'll do this another time, but also activating and reactivating the referral partners, like you mentioned, PCPs or whoever it may be for you getting them, keep reminding them of your content, your technology, anything innovative you're doing. So you keep getting referrals. I think some, something else I heard that was really interesting from Teresa Borgaro, she's pelvic rehabilitation. She's getting the referring partners onto their Instagram and TikTok channel and doing content partnerships. That referring provider learns about Instagram or TikTok and they get fresh content and they keep the partnership. That's everything that comes to mind, I think, for reactivation. Anything else? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a good cross-selling tool. Like an example, we've got, you know, clients that, um, you know, in the optometry space and I go in for my general eye exam, but, you know, there are things like LASIK, for example, some of these more elective procedures that you you know you want to sell. So that's a great example of, you know, information that you could be pushing. You can do, you know, use it or, or lose it benefits announcements. You can do seasonal allergy reminders. Like there's there's kind of some more, you know, nuanced campaign based initiatives as well to reactivate. So think about what is unique to your business, what you can offer, what promotions you have, or what could trigger someone to say, yes, I'm, you know, I'll go back in for my, for my appointment or for an additional appointment to talk about something that I didn't initially, you know, go in for. Consumerization of healthcare. We are selling, we are providing services. It is our job to give patients access to the care they need. If they're tired of those glasses, it's time for LASIK. (laughs) There ain't no shame in the game. All right, Lauren, thank you for joining us on Ignite. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If y'all need anything, hit up Lauren way smarter than me. Thank y'all for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignite. Interested in keeping up with the latest trends in healthcare marketing? Subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review. For more healthcare marketing tips, visit our blog at cardinaldigitalmarketing.com.